You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Oh, hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, yo, we're doing <laughs> a so quick... So glad you could join us. Yo, uh, quick, quick debut. Uh, you know what? Sometimes we, we do premieres for records that people hit us up about. We're like, yo, that's cool. It's cool. Um, yo, no one hit us up about this one, really. Uh, this is a band, Compassion, whose demo came out a while ago, uh, came out on vinyl. And after I heard it, I needed to have it. Um, turns out we uh, we ended up meeting this fellow, Spencer, uh, a friend of Patrick's. I think, Patrick, you... you this this guy's in uh sex with a terrorist your one of your many many projects um yeah and and makes killer like just straight up heavy low end power violence um compassion's demo is awesome this record is out on convulse it's called pacing animal uh i believe adam from convulse felt the same way as i did about the demo I was like yo i i just want to hear more so um shout out to spencer shout out to compassion this is the first song off the Pacing Animal 12-inch EP available now on Convulse Records. This song's called Vile Glow. Grind, uh, the hardcore podcast. I think I did this in the episode. Am I crazy? You did. Whatever. But... Right, let's start over. So you do it. Do it. You do it twice. So this is. It's... Oh, I do it twice. Okay. Yeah. Welcome. I'm keeping all of this. You sound like a nervous comedian. Yeah. You, you sound like <laughs> take uh, great. Yeah. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I, 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 I'm Tom. Oh, is that how I sound? That's what you sound like. You're like you. You sounded like like Andrew McCarthy from like 1985 rom coms. You know mm. what? That's lit. That's lit. That's lit. I might be able to get dinner tonight, guys, <laughs> if we can make this one quick. Um, so before we get into anything here, uh, thanks to our sponsors, which includes the Almighty Close Casket Activities. Mm. Yep. Honor them. The 
everlasting Run for Cover Records. Ultimate Respect. The Immortal to Live a Lie. Uh, uh, Yeah, okay, we can do that, yeah. And The Inevitable, Death Wish Inc. Uh, Yeah, uh, how do I say honor again? Um, Cool. I like them. I am inevitable. They've been good. Um, They've been good. They've been good to me and put out good records. Patrick, do you ever have moments where you wish you either had access to or the wherewithal to buy cool comic book shirts uh, in the early nineties? Yes. I also wish that I uh, had the uh, $40, which, you know, when you're, when you are doing better than you were previously and you look back on times that you didn't have $40 and you go, damn, I could have. How much were those shirts were? No, I, I, there's a uh, eBay find that pops up only periodically. It's a, a martial law poster mm. that is uh, somewhat rare at this point. And I, uh, it was $40 maybe five years ago. And I was so broke at the time that I said, $40. Mm. Um, and, and now, now you spend I, that on breakfast you know, potatoes. Now I spend that on breakfast potatoes. Thirty dollars <laughs> $30 a day on breakfast potatoes. I make no apologies. And that poster now is more than uh, that poster is now uh, impossible to find. Yeah. So Tom, the, uh, the comic book t-shirts of the early nineties, no, they were not $40, but they were probably like 20, 19, $24. So like expensive for the order. time. Um, but they sell now for, Four hundred fifty, oh. $800, $1,200, depending on what the design is, because some of them were in quite small supply. So, um, God damn. So just to continue to our inevitable ad reads, Death Wish Inc., uh, germane to this episode, go to deathwishinc.com, and uh, I'm going to direct you to the artist store for the band Integrity. <gasps> You'll notice uh, there's not a whole lot available because uh maybe you know or maybe you don't but this band uh people people kind of like them um they move units uh so uh not a lot of the records are currently available obviously you can stream them we encourage you to but i am going to direct you to go to deathwishinc.com search integrity and get the classic shorts uh champion brand shorts uh says integrity on one leg the integrity skull on the other it's very cool. Um, it is cold weather season, so these are appropriate for warm weather places or just lounging. Turn the mm. heat up in your living room. Uh, turn, Fire up the Xbox. Fire up the PS5, whatever it is, and throw on the Integrity shorts. Uh, they have mm. them available in all sizes. Great for you or the perfect holiday season gift. Integrity. Classic shorts. Get them. Death with Shank. Tommy, I got you the shorts with the weird skull on them. <laughs> I don't know what goes on upstairs, but I feel like someone is in like an office chair and is just rolling back and forth. Yeah, this oh, is, I this, mean, this is the person who's bounced on the thing. Uh, like it's told you to be quiet. No, I think before. that that's downstairs, but I'm not 100 percent um, sure. But upstairs, it literally you can hear it's like it's like I think there might be a bowling alley upstairs in my apartment building. Yo, know, ap- apartment apartment living. I used to love it, and now sucks, dude. Sucks, <laughs> fucking sucks. Get uh, me buying out of a, here. Buying a house is not easy, though. Uh, I oh just, no, I have uh, no money, but like I just looked. I just looked into that. Uh, there's some challenges. <laughs> it's, it's, it's now, some, does Australia have any of those like first 
first time home buyer kind of deals like the states have? They do. They you get like between depending on what state. Uh, but then they come and check you your apartment in. every two weeks to make sure you clean the toilet bowl. Whatever the fuck. Listen. Oh, I, I didn't. Whatever even thing you made up. The thing that I find most offensive here. You can't <laughs> you hang anything. Can't hang any. I didn't make that up. I checked at the show last night. Everybody who's lived in every part of Australia confirmed that that is just the norm. To the person that wrote did us, take like. Did you go? Excuse me. Can I ask you a question? Yes, I did. So do the overs- uh, do the ba- those bastards come around and check your apartment? They're like, no, just you because you're a weird American. No, th- with it's open back headphones that everyone can hear your fucking music. And listen, the most defensive thing about Australia apartment living, you can't hang anything on the walls. Now they say that in the United States, but you always can. Here, you you truly cannot. They'd bang you for like six hundred bucks if you fucking hang something on your wall. That look at look how look how I'm living. Do you guys see in this little no. Zoom chat? Like, look, no, it's, it's blurry behind you. Sorry, it's, it's, I, the things behind a, another window. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, listen, here. you're not seeing anything. It's all white. It's all blurry. I, I, I'm buying a house just so I can have an, uh, things on my wall. How fucked up is that? Mm. Uh, our other sponsor, To Live a Lie. You're going to go to <laughs> toliveali.com. Click on that web store, and we did a little bit of a uh, swerve. Tom and Patrick did a little search, and, and we're like, hmm, what are some things that we're curious about at tolivealie.com? The floor is yours. All right. Well, let, let me begin, Tom. Of course. I'm going to talk about Pat something. Pat always has to go first. I'm going to talk about something that I think you may have addressed you know, in the past. must be a horrible lover. <laughs> <laughs> I beat you. There is no doubt. You're fired. (laughs) Fading signal. Uh, This is nothing feels good anymore. Seven inch. Now, Tom, when you talked about this band, I don't know if you were talking about the demo or if you were talking about uh, this seven inch. It was that. I'm going to talk about the seven inch. Oh no, shit. Okay, well then we're going to reiterate. The this is not what I expected. Uh, For anybody who is uh, kind of in that space that is so many people where you love straightforward meat and potatoes hardcore you just wish it hit harder you just wish the songs were faster you just wish that it had uh, a little bit more edge to it that's what this is this is like if bridge nine hardcore was turned up to fucking 12 and uh was very familiar with to live a lie there are songs that are like blastingly fast but within that type of um uh, post post youth crew sort of energy. It is a very interesting mix that I think would appeal to a ton of our listeners who probably grew up in that kind of uh, bridge nine era, but are looking for something that uh, is, challenges them more than that. So uh, th- this is a hundred percent worth checking out to, to pretty much everybody in our listenership. Fading signal. Hell yeah. Tom, take us to somewhere else. Am I allowed to now? Is Pat done? <laughs> you you have my permission. Yeah, please go on. <laughs> He's finished. He just rolled over. So yeah. you have my permission to die. Um. All right. I'm gonna go for uh, gonna go a little Cali, a little little DC action, going for that split seven inch. Uh, the the split seven inch between Despise You and Coke Bust. Hell yeah. Um. I was a real big fan of Coke Bust for a long time. Um. Not as familiar with Despise You until more recently, mm. um, but it's yeah, it's it's the it's a new pressing of it, um, pressed in twenty twenty one. 
It's on Lakers purple, which I mean, hell yeah. I mean, I, I love Lakers have some of the best uniforms in sports. Fact. Their team's not doing so great. Fact. Um, but, you know, Bill Walton's got some problems, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the Coke bust despise you split seven inch. You can find it on there. The most recent um, repressing of it. Go cop that if you like oh, fast yeah. hardcore. The Coke bust is fucking great. Just very good fast hardcore. Uh, and I angry. Think- it's straight edge. Yeah. Shout out. Um, two bands that people who like fast hardcore may have missed and passed over, uh, but are both very deserving of your time and attention. So shout out to liveali.com. Hit that web store. Guys, how you doing? How are you feeling? A million bucks. Hmm? Tom, where are you at? You a millionaire? A million and one. Ooh, what up? Got um, one up me. We uh we actually are this is like a little bit of a different thing today. We uh we actually did an interview with our pal Dwid Hellion from Integrity and Psy Warfare. Um uh is it uh, what's is it blood blooding uh he did a cool fanzine. Um was that blood book? Blood book, thank you. Um and what was his label? Anyways, um Dark Empire Records. We didn't even talk about that. We should have. No, we didn't. I wanted to talk about how he stole the Cam Kennedy uh, Star Wars art for the yeah. uh, advertisements. Well, and, and the Integrity Skull is from a Vertigo book. So um, we didn't get Blood, into comic yeah. book stuff at all. Yeah, we should have. But, uh, yo, this is kind of, as I described, we're, we're post-gaming as the preview. If you... Love integrity. I think you will really enjoy this uh, conversation we had. If you don't like integrity, I urge you to listen to it because I think you'll enjoy the conversation. If you've never heard integrity, I think you'll actually come away from it being very curious to hear this man's music. Yeah, there's no doubt. It. it I was. Uh, I didn't know what to expect from this fella. Uh, it's kind of a larger than life figure in what we do. And uh, he was uh, open. Uh, he was honest, uh, so far as I know. I'm, you know, I can't fact check people in real time, but but he was. Uh, uh, he he basically supplied what you'd want from an interview interviewee, and uh, and we don't consider ourselves. Uh, he called us journalists at one point, at which point I, I, <laughs> I had to restrain myself. Uh, but uh, he. Uh, you, you know, we, we try to do interviews in such a way that we just ask questions that would be kind of germane to us in the in, in the conversation. You know, like we don't walk in with too much uh, preloaded uh, and hopefully we arrive at something worthwhile in that. And I think we did this time. Yeah, it was very conversational because it's hard to like not make it like so you're born in 19 whatever in. The farmlands outside 30, 30 minutes outside of Muncie. And then <laughs> right. you moved here. And then you. So, and then what? And right, so, right. then what? Right. It's tough. Um, and then you don't want to like kind of be like, you know, I think he's a lot like you, Pat, that it's kind of like, I have these records, but like, I don't really fucking want to talk about like those for tomorrow well, necessarily. Like, I'm just I mean, psyched on the newest stuff or right. the stuff that I wrote yesterday. As I am about fucking systems overload, or you know what I mean, like I was unlike I was, me, unlike me, he remembers his song titles though. Yes, I was I was impressed with his uh, willingness to just talk about this and that, and 
kind of follow whatever rabbit holes we led him through. Uh, a truly, a truly interesting, cool guy. I, uh, yeah, it is. It's always nice to talk to people. Regardless, I, I enjoy talking to people um, when we do these interviews, but we, we do them uh, rarely for a purpose. Um, because when we do it, we want them to hopefully feel a little special. I think this one felt pretty special. So, I, yeah, he was uh, like super thoughtful. Like, he gave, you know, like it wasn't just sort of like the Derek Jeter answer. No, <laughs> no. You know what but, I mean? Like, he was like thinking about stuff and like, I thought that was kind of cool. And he was just sort of like honest to the point that it was like, yeah, I never really thought of that. Which to my brain, I was like, you never, how the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. someone said I got kicked out of indecision because I was on heroin and robbed a photo mat. And I still remember that. That would be like a Tuesday in terms of the rumors about yes. integrity. That's true. You know what I'm That's saying? True. Like, yeah. and he was just sort of like, oh, get, really? Like, that was about me. Oh, Odd. <laughs> you know, curious. Like, what the fuck? Curious. Like, yeah. oh. But I thought he was a lot of. I thought it was cool. He was really open to a lot of stuff. You guys had a lot of great questions. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not an interviewer. I'm just kind of like, yeah. No, you were great. Um, guys, I didn't say much, but but have either of you ever had ghost energy drink, or is this some brand new shit? Ghost? No, no. Yeah. Is it like <laughs> the fucking band that sounds like Grim, uh, sounds like Blue Oyster Cult, but looks like? Fucking no, some black no, man. No, I, I my favorite uh, women's college basketball team, University of Miami, uh, is is saying that it's good. So we'll have to follow that. Uh, for <laughs> everyone else, please enjoy this interview with our new friend Dewitt. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. I'm Tom. And joining us today. I'm Dwight Hellion. Oh, thanks for having me. The man. It's <sighs> uh, it's very very good to have you. Uh, I think that a lot of our listeners are going to be uh, both surprised uh, as you're not you're not like a media darling. You 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 only pop up occasionally <laughs> for these sort of things. Uh, and just for you, uh, they'll appreciate <laughs> it very much. Um, uh, so, uh, Bob, I'm gonna well, let you speak. I just yeah. want to make an observation. I'm going to make an observation. Go ahead. That is, uh, Dwight is casual. You know what I mean? Like, this is a guy that uh, has a dark, dark sort of uh, persona, but we're chilling with the with the casual Dwight, and I'm excited. Oh, well, you know what? I think it's, uh, you know, uh, you find water finds its level, and Dwight, we appreciate your casualness to be casual with us uh, as we, we, transmit from uh, literally across the world uh, with one person in this room being in Perth and another being in, in Belgium. That's right. Yeah. I'm in Belgium and it's uh, about one o'clock in the morning. So that might lend itself to my uh, calmness. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, um, we're, we're not going to get too knee deep in the weeds, but we want to talk and, and talk about some of the integrity things. And um, you got a couple sure. of gigs coming up. Uh, we got yeah. this big one. Tom, New York City. Why don't you give us the details, Tom? We'll just lead with this. Then we can just get into the chat chat. Sure, sure. So it's uh, Saturday, November 26th at the Warsaw in Brooklyn, New York. Um, it's End It from Baltimore. All uh-huh. War from Poughkeepsie. Mm. Uh, Indecision, Warthog from Brooklyn. And The Almighty Integrity. Hell yeah. Yo, very cool show. And we'll, have, two cool t- show. we'll have tickets to give away. 
we'll figure out how to give away, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's a weird kind of casual intro. How many shows a year do you play with integrity at this point? Uh, I don't have an exact number. Um, no, no. You know what I mean? Like in a ballpark on a, any given year. Oh, uh, usually not that many. Um, this year, it's been more than usual because I did a European tour uh, okay. last month. And that was about 17 days. So that's a lot for, for me. Um, but I, I had a great time. I enjoyed it. Uh, before that, I probably played, um, I don't know, maybe 10 or yeah. 12 shows before that. So well, one of the things uh, kind that, of a lot, actually. For, yeah. for me. That's just, right. Does that or maybe it's making up for the for the for the quarantine <laughs> that's it true is. hey that's kind of cool um does it when you started playing more shows like do you have any sort of rituals do you have anything you have to do to get yourself geared up to to play shows whether it's 17 on a tour or just a couple because you have a couple coming up i know you're playing toronto this week and then you got new york the following do you is there anything you kind of do in preparation for it uh, not really. Um, doing the more shows is it's a fun thing to do, but doing less shows is more. Um, I, I prefer to do the in and out situation, just go and play them and, and then come home and, and work on my other things that I'm working on instead of being gone for like, you know, 17 days in a row is, is kind of a long time. Sure. Yeah. And with the 17, I had a few days in America break directly before that. So that was kind of a long time. But um, I, I'm not complaining. But uh, I, do, I normally don't have any rituals or anything like that. No. Okay. Well, so. But so. after a while, like, you know, the more shows that I play, the, my voice, I'm lucky in the sense that the more shows that I play, my voice gets better. I don't right. know why it's like that because a lot of people, it goes the other way. But for yeah. me, it goes better. But it's also, it's not like it's turning into mariah carey getting better it's, <laughs> it's turning more gravelly and, and, and more uh more lemmy less mariah carey so i mean i think everybody on this call is all right with that energy more lemmy. yeah, yeah I but i mean you know i was expecting the mariah carey but <laughs> maybe what do you think uh, i mean in a mariah carey question which <laughs> i have three hardcore vocalists on the phone call mm. If you had to do a Mariah Carey song, how how much like out of a hundred you can score it out of a hundred? How how quality could you do? Is it fifty? Oh, maybe this is one. for all three of you. One. All right, Patrick. Yeah. It, well, I was gonna go three uh, percent good, but if Dwid's going one, I've, I've uh, Dwid has definitely got better range than I do. I'm going. Uh, I'll go point five. I go. Um, I'll go like point seven five somewhere in between. Y'all, y'all ain't giving yourselves enough credit. You, have you heard Mariah Carey? Have you heard us? Yeah, yeah. I have, and I, you know, I get it. But okay, <laughs> um, just kind of getting loose here. Um, hey, well, let me ask you a question, Dwid. Uh, before we go any further, I, I, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners who keep up with you know that you're a Belgium guy now. But uh, if you wouldn't mind telling, how'd you how'd you arrive in Belgium? And are you feeling it? Is it where you want to die now? I, I haven't really thought about dying. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm getting close to those those years. But um, uh, well, I, I moved here 20 years ago, and uh, I've I've been coming to Belgium off and on since the early 90s. 
on right. tour. And I had a lot of friends that, that, that lived here. And what happened was one of the tours that I did, a friend of mine named Hans from the band Liar, yep. which is a uh, 8,000 band, if yep. your listeners know what that means. And um, he had just bought a house at the time and said, hey, I bought this big house and I lived there alone and I got no roommates. If you want, after the tour, you can just hang out for as long as you want and just hang out. So I thought, well, that'd be a great idea. Cause I never, every time I would tour Europe, I would just go home. I would never think like, Oh, I should go on a holiday. I, I don't know why I never thought about that. And so when he suggested, it, I, I took him up on the offer and I stayed there for a while and I liked it. And, um, there's a lot of other components to it, but I mean, ultimately one of the things was, um, living in, where I used to live was, was Cleveland. I moved there when I was 16 and um, I moved, I moved away when I was like 30. So um, when I was living there, um, it's a small town. So, uh, and there wasn't a lot of people who made records. And so like people were kind of being very celebratory towards me. And this is also going to sound pretty weird, but I got, um, frustrated maybe or sick of being treated good that's a crazy <laughs> thing to right. say but it's true because i wasn't getting anything done so like wherever i would go people would be, oh let's have you know some drinks let's have a good time and it would just got into this every day was like that and nothing was getting accomplished for me so i thought maybe i could go somewhere else where i don't have anybody who gives a fuck about me and <laughs> I can get some work done. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very strange thing to say, but it's kind of part of the truth to, to the thing. And then the other thing was staying, um, staying with my friend. Then I eventually met someone and I, and I got married to her. So very cool. So this is a, a low key, uh, X grind is a hardcore podcast, but we also are, are like a low key geography podcast. <laughs> uh, we're super into okay. it. Um, but, but, so you you moved to Cleveland when you were 16 and we're not going to like do a, a a page by page. You were coming from somewhere else in the Midwest. You were like an Indianapolis head, is uh, that not, correct? Indiana, not 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 as exciting as Indianapolis. I was in um I was in like where there's nothing, just cornfields. Okay. It was um La Fountain, Indiana. Okay. You never heard of it because uh, there was like maybe 50 people who lived in the whole area. Um, the closest thing that could be relevant to anybody who's old, like some of us yeah. would be that James Dean was from Muncie, which wasn't that oh, far yeah. away oh, from yeah. there. That was sure. maybe like a 30 minute drive. Wow. Wait, from- I, I like, I like any time that you, you got to say our claim to fame is something 30 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> But so, and it's a movie star that no one listening to your podcast was no. ever heard of. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He died before any, even I was born. So that's saying Edwin, something. Th- this uh, you just led to where m- maybe my main question that I had going into this, uh, which is about Cleveland. Uh, I've been to Cleveland many times, and uh, oh. perhaps perhaps I'm uh, perhaps I'm misjudging it. You could tell me, uh, but. Were you too weird for Cleveland? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So w- let's let's pull it back because that's like a huge, great question, and it's what I wanted 
dig into because Cleveland is this weird kind of place um, in a million different ways. And you've already alluded to this kind of you felt like you couldn't be productive. You felt like you're this creative person, but all of a sudden you found yourself in a space where you weren't being able to be as creative as you'd like to be. You weren't able to get things done, like you said. Yeah, uh, listen, he's not going to say it. I'll say it. Local celebrity. It, it's, you don't need yeah. to say it, but that's what it is. It's a local celebrity. It, it, it happens to all time. You could, the weatherman on every news channel, same phenomenon. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just a thing. I was definitely closer to the weatherman than, 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 than a rock and roll uh, <laughs> hero. Yeah, definitely that. Tell us, uh, walk us through your Cleveland experience. Like, uh, you know, obviously it's it's a part of you, I guess. Would you identify that? You know, like, or or do you think it was just kind of this piece of uh, a, a place you were at for a while? And this isn't to insult the Cleveland say. people. Let's not, nobody take offense. We, we got respect <laughs> for you. you know? No, be- beautiful city. <laughs> Love that well, river. I, I think that I, I didn't, I didn't grow up there. And so because I didn't grow up there, I didn't have probably a lot of the same social cues that the other Cleveland people would have had or, or not. I don't know. That's just assumption, but I definitely felt like an outsider, not just because I, I located relocated there when I was uh, 16, but it just always, it, it never felt um, like I, I was part of the, the community right. uh, in the musical community or the underground community. I mean, I was always an outcast, but it, even in the outcast scene, I was an outcast in there. So it was a uh, unusual. Uh, well, 16 situation. is a hell of a time as someone who moved when I was, you know, six and then 12, 16 is a hell of a time to move. That's raw. Was that yeah. your experience? It wasn't really that bad for me to move at that time because that time was uh, a pretty uh, hot time for for underground music at the same during that same time. So there was a lot of, in fact, like I could tell you some strange stories. Like the girl who lived across this directly across the street, like my driveway ended. The next driveway across the street was my friend Kelly Ulrich, and she had. Um, uh, a house that had a swimming pool and a, and a big uh, backyard and youth of today would go there every couple of months and just play in her backyard for free. <laughs> Amazing. <awesome>. So <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like difficult to live in, 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 in as a 16 year old guy who liked underground music in my neighborhood was pretty accommodating, unbelievably accommodating. Really? I'd say so. Youth of Today rolling up next door is a, is a unique experience. But when Youth party. of Today roll up, it's like, you know, the circus is rolling up. So it's not just Youth of Today. They open. It's like, you know, all these other bands are coming out like a clown car. And I mean that in, in a good way. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, like Gorilla Biscuits is popping out, too. And then, oh, Beyond is with them. And, uh, you know, and then they have 500 other bands that they did on the side and Judge and Project X and, and so forth. So I got to see all of those bands like. In my front yard, not yeah. my backyard. But, uh. <laughs> so, so here's a, a question because, like, uh, given the timing of integrity starting and given your age range, how old are you when that's happening? 17, 16, 17, 18? Yeah, it's shortly after I moved there, almost immediately after I moved there. How influential was that stuff? Was that like the youth crew scene on you at that time? And I mean, you know, to to the world that you were entering in Cleveland and, and the people you were around. Cause it's not like I, I'm, 
some people who listen to Axe to Grind know this way more than anyone speaking does. But Cleveland was a, a punk scene way before that, but it seemed like yeah. the the straight edge stuff coming out of New York had a pretty big influence for a minute there. Yeah, so I'll have to rewind just a little bit. So I I lived prior to living in Cleveland. I lived in Louisville, Kentucky, and in Louisville, Kentucky, I have another but this time a backyard story. So in my backyard, there was a church that did like, uh, that had a, a rec hall where you could rent it out and have weddings or you could have a party, whatever you wanted. And the local kids rented it out. This band called Maurice, they rented it out and had Sam Hain play there. So in my backyard, wow. Sam Hain played with uh, <laughs> Maurice who became, who broke up and then they became Slint and King Horse. So they became oh, two God, different bands. Not. Wow. So, yeah. And those were the local kids from my uh, scene down there. And maybe I felt more of a kinship with them, probably because I came from Indiana. Then I moved to Louisville. And then when I went to Louisville, uh, it was kind of like um, like suburbia or one of these kinds of like old punk movies. If you've right. seen those, yeah, yeah. Where everybody had like punk names and stuff. Like that's yeah. how I have this nickname. And like sure. the guy from. Uh, Maurice and later on King Horse, his nickname was Rat. And, you know, everybody had these kind of punk names. Guys had Spike there. So their name was Spike and, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. But I was like 13 uh, at the time. So when I, when I first moved there. And that kind of sets you up. So, so you kind of, you were already pretty indoctrinated to the whole world of it. And then you go to Cleveland and it's a different energy. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I was going to go with is that they had more of a darker uh, horror vibe, you know, because they were into because Maurice was a lot like uh, Sam Hain, not ex- identical or anything, but it had that horror punk thing uh, similar to Sam Hain. And um, and I was really into that. And I was really into Septic Death, uh, Pusshead's band. And I was really into Gizem's Japanese band. And those were bands that I really loved at that time. And then when I moved to Cleveland, just, and I don't know how the universe aligned that way that my next door neighbor would have concerts in her backyard. Uh, and then I got to meet people who had bands and became friends with them and saw that, you know, even... It, anybody could have a band and, and you know that was their i mean i'm not saying anybody could have a band because they had a band but i mean they would inspire people to be like, hey you can do it too and they're that kind of that type of guys you know yeah. Yeah, inspiring right. people and especially young people i'm a lot younger than those guys or at least it seemed like it probably now it's just a couple of years but at that time you know oh it's, we talk about the, seems like a million years we talk about that all the time if you're if you're 16 and someone's 21 they might as well be a full-grown adult but then you fast yeah. forward 10 years and all of a sudden it's like yeah you know i'm here going. yeah what's the difference whatever <laughs> okay yeah. um would I, this is a, a heavier question than i had anticipated asking you today but uh now, obviously, you're a grown man. You different. I'm sure people go through changes in their life, but you're always been controversial, right? Like some people love you, some people don't love you, right? I don't. What you're giving me right now in in the last ten minutes is nothing for anybody to dislike, right? Like you just seem like a casual ass, fun ass dude. So my question to you is: Have you? Did you used to be more of a provocateur than you are today? Uh, d- did you go through a major change at some point personality wise 
or have are you just one of those fellas as as I believe I am where sometimes people just read you wrong and don't understand your tone uh, I'd say a mixture of all of those things um there are some people I, I would I would probably define it something like this the people who I used to have a friendship with but now they don't like me oftentimes that stems from the fact that I'm um it's going to be difficult to say this without sounding like an ass, but uh, I'm one of the, my most important skill that I have is that I'm resourceful and I'm not a talented musician as people who listen to the records can tell, but I'm (laughs) able to like figure out reverse engineer what I think is supposed to be done. And then I do my own thing. And to some people, they like that other people don't like it. Most people don't like it, of course, you know, of, of the music listening uh, community, sure. but there are enough people that, that listen to it and enjoy it that I can continue to do it. But um, early on, I, I learned how to print T-shirts, how to do graphic art, learned how to draw and all kinds of different skill sets like that. And the, a lot of the people that lived in Cleveland didn't have those skill sets. And so they would say, Hey, will you do this for me? Sure. Hey, will you do it again for me? Mm, okay. Hey, will you do it for me every fucking day for the rest of your life for free? And then I'll talk shit about you. No, nah, no, nah, you can figure it out yourself. I helped you, you know, get in your nest. Now it's time for the bird to fly on his own you're a fucking asshole how dare you not do this for me for free for the rest of your life while you have your own life to do your own stuff what an asshole and a lot of it comes down to that type of thought you know there's i can name dozens of people who that category would uh, apply to i mean that's that's such a uh, i uh i like the way that you described yourself on the resourceful tip it's also a skills tip because you, you went through that. That is a familiar feeling for anyone who's found themselves in those spots. And, and unfortunately I do think that's something that you see in the, you know, music underground communities, uh, places where people are trying to do things and there's creative people. Um, do you think that that has been something that has persisted as you've continued or is it something that you're seeing change as you've gotten older? Um, you know what I mean? Is that something you've, or is something you've learned to like avoid and kind of curtail interactions with that type of energy? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have like a, a, a mathematic equation to how many uh, chances I'll give someone in that right. uh, type of thing. But unfortunately I have this ailment where I do try to help people. It's like a sickness, I think like a disease. <laughs> and I expect in my, in my head that they're going to like, okay, Here's the ball. You go like this with your hand. It bounces and it catch it again. Then do it again, and then you can shoot it into the into yeah. The LeBron James, hoop, here we go. And then you're playing <laughs> basketball, yeah. and then they just don't get it. And then okay, I'll show you again. And then they still don't get it, and then they get frustrated that I'm not going to dunk for them every every time. And it's a weird thing, but yeah, that that always happens. It still happens to this day. And I still, I don't know. I wouldn't say I fall for it because I, I like to imagine that I'm uh, inspiring other people to continue forward, but maybe, uh, maybe I, I I've given, uh, 
maybe I shouldn't have given the help, you know, maybe that would have given them a hunger. And actually I had, I had lunch with a friend of mine this morning, uh, my friend Colin from the band Amon Ra. And mm-hmm. often we have lunches and just talk about weird things like similar to this. And one thing we talked about was how it seems that there are a lot of younger people nowadays, but in, in the past as well, who don't have that kind of, um, creative hunger because they're not creatively bored and we kind of equated it or maybe it's because everybody has uh, these devices and they can be entertained at all times whereas for me as we discussed earlier i grew up on a fucking farm in the middle of nowhere and i had nothing i had no phones no internet none of that stuff existed all i had was my imagination and so like you know like in a Sylvester Stallone movie, I would like train my imagination uh, to to be to escape that fucking farm, to go to places that I, you know, all I could see. And I, if you ever been to Indiana, it's very flat terrain. So I could look from my age. You know, I'm like six years old. I remember like looking, and all I could see forever was just cornfields and trees and nothing. And I'd yeah. look around uh, 360 degrees. There's nothing, but I'd watch TV and see these castles with vampires and, you know, whatever that you see on space and stuff. <laughs> and I would think there has to be in skyscraper, there has to be more than what I'm seeing, but I'm here and this is all I'm seeing, you know? And uh, so that would, that inspired me to, to work on my imagination and, and, and learn how to draw and, and other things like that, then that was an escape for me. And music was, is an escape for me too. And and all of this stuff is just, you know, like creating a uh, alternate universe for me to, uh, I guess, to, to, to hide in or, or to explore or I mean, both. Right. And I mean, I think that's kind of the, the, the fun thing of creativity is, um, part of the enjoyment is the actual making of the the thing the creation yeah. and then the other part is is being able to kind of sit in and live in that thing that you've now created and and explore it etc and i kind of want to tie that into talking you know about about integrity and, and what have you but um but before you go further let me no, let me yeah. go back to your first question was i a a a bastard uh punk rock kind of kid yeah absolutely you know and and do people hate me or did people hate me because of that probably definitely you know i it wasn't like i was the easiest guy to get along with either i was you know into punk rock and and heavy metal and and hardcore music and causing trouble so i'm sure that that probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way as well i don't want to paint myself out to be a saint that's <laughs> that's uh misunderstood or something because that's definitely not not the truth either you know no, no. life is as patrick says this often life is long and i appreciate that um I have to imagine that there's been folks that you've gotten on with well and then as as these punk rock attitudes go as all of us have them they they sometimes things get in the way have you found in your your life that you've been able to reconnect and the people who've had value where you can go yeah man we were we were shitty kids huh yeah man you pissed me off for a decade yeah you so did i all right and and get on have you found that kind of thing for yourself uh in a few cases but the the one uh the 
maybe the one person that, that brings that up in my mind when you say that it would be Aaron Melnick, but it isn't that we were uh, enemy. Aaron Melnick was the first guitar player for integrity, yeah, yeah. but uh, he and I weren't enemies, uh, but um, we weren't really talking for very much for a long time. And lately in the past few years, we talk all the time and, um, and it's, he he also you said was like too weird for Cleveland. Well, he also was too weird for <laughs> Cleveland. He he came all he wasn't from Cleveland. He, he's from uh, he was born in in London, mm-hmm. and um, so he and I were both kind of uh, outcasts in the outcast community, and we met each other because um, we liked weird music. And at mm-hmm. that time, I don't know if if any of you guys are. Uh, close to close to my age but in in the 80s if you liked a lot of music that wasn't okay that was taboo if you were like i i like i like this fucking i like this slayer record i like this nwa record that just came out Mm -hmm. and i like uh you know this japanese band and i like house or christian death and i like Mm -hmm. you know all the different different things like that the cure whatever um that was that was not okay, and people would be furiously pissed. If well, you you're like, a poser. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I I will say that <clears throat> I feel lucky uh, to have grown up in a, a like a weird microcosm where it was cool to like different types of punk music because I I didn't know anything else. Like you could like all yeah. Like uh, to me, I thought yeah, I love Youth of Today, but I sh- uh, should also know what New Wave is, and I should know these ska bands and all that stuff, and you know know the the metal classics. But that seems like something that right now we're seeing a broad spectrum. Younger people really have kind of this open ear to different types of music, and and it's yeah. less. Uh, frowned it's, upon. Yeah, it's less. Yeah. It's less. People are less card catalog, and I fit this section only. You know. Yeah. Um. Do you think for yourself, for a you know, for for because you you don't you haven't just done integrity. I know you've done other musical projects. Do you think that's something that that you appreciate? Do you think that's something that helps you, um, in terms of people discovering your music? Uh, I don't know if I w- would want to answer it that way but what i would like to say is that i think that it's great that as much as spotify doesn't uh accommodate the musicians uh, <laughs> or, or compensate them either what what is a great quality is the fact that young people go in there and they put on whatever whatever something that's popular is you know the most po- number one hit on the radio right now and then for some reason, it will just decide to play maybe um, Beastie Boys, Fight for Your Right to Party. And then maybe because of that, it'll play like, oh, there was some guitar. Oh, we're going to play uh, Slayer. And then from Slayer, maybe it plays Entombed. And then maybe it goes from there to Misfits. And then who knows where it's fucking going. And I think that there are young people. I hope that there are young people who are like, this is all the fucking same. You know, this is all, I mean, this is all music that I can enjoy. There's no boundaries to it. There's no segregation to music and I can enjoy all this as much as I want, or this one sucks, but all these other ones are good or they all suck, but this one is good. And they might find something that's like a hidden gem that they never would have found without that, uh, that uh, resource. Yeah. I hate that I'm sounding like I'm doing a commercial for them because <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it. But no. 
<laughs> no, and most no, of the music I like isn't even on the damn thing. But um, no, we we we've got some YouTube yeah. music heads over here for uh, that because but, but, but not YouTube to put that is similar to that yeah. too. Yeah. It, it takes you down uh, down down a, a rabbit hole. I think is yeah. the term. And then yep. you find out different things. You're like, and it happens to me sometimes as well. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. And now, like the, uh, we were talking about the concert I went to tonight, um, clipping with eviction and uh, with, I'm a fan of this band white house, which was like a noise band from power electronics, noise band from, from the UK and this clipping uh, band, they sampled a white house song that actually was written about my friend, Andy Capper. Uh, called Wriggle Like an Eel, and they sampled that and then rap over it, and I thought that was totally insane, and that's how I found out about them was somehow with White House, and then it connected to that, and then I you, couldn't you, believe you know. that a rap band had fucking White House sample. I don't know if you guys know what that means, White House. Yeah, but- it, it, Dwayne, it, it was funny when you said that. I When you said they sampled White House, I was going to say, how could you fucking tell? And then, <laughs> but but Wriggle Like an Eel is, is, the, is the White House song that has like a bonafide almost chorus sort of, sort of hit yeah so so, well, so yeah a lot of their songs do though a lot of their songs have vocals that have there's really vocal uh heavy stuff you know like they have like well i, I don't know if i can even say it on your podcast most of the lyrics so i won't try but yeah. you know um, <laughs> mostly like um, sexual stuff and yes yeah, so, uh, so uh uh push the limit which is actually what i wanted to talk to you about uh now you have a persona that people in music either assign to you or you assign to yourself. And that's my question is all those years where integrity was this mythological act and you were kind of uh, inaccessible in some ways and, and uh, a a matter of fascination for people in the hardcore scene. uh, Was that you drawing on that resourcefulness that you talked about earlier? And that's a persona that you created or was it just a thing that kind of rolled out of control and you just didn't get in its way? You didn't dispel the the, the thing once it was in motion or, or were you, were you the Sv- Svengali, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a, a Machiavellian sort of guy creating because now in, in 2022, there's people that would pay for you to give them uh, the secret sauce of of uh to, to kind of have this uh aura around you for how so to many generate years. that right sure yeah 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 so was that was that intentional on your end or was it just a, a weird you, circumstance like, lean into it yeah yeah and did you lean into it well i i i didn't know about that for a long time because mm. there was no internet you know so right. all of these kinds of um uh perceptions would take place out of my range you know like people in different neighborhoods different states or wherever they were and they would say oh i heard this i heard that and i don't know how a lot of that started obviously i did do a lot of crazy things too and some of them maybe the true stuff is even weirder than than the rumors (laughs) but it when I said resourcefulness, I meant more in like skill set rather yeah. than uh, like some kind of like way to manipulate marketing. But I was interested in marketing and making shirts and and making stickers and things like that, and I still am. But I didn't, 
Uh, you know, the truth is like, I don't really, if I wish that, I wish that, that was true because ultimately like most people just totally misunderstand me and think that I'm, that the band is like, just most people that I come up to, um, who are wrong, very wrong about the band think that the band is just like hardcore one Oh one, like, Hey, let's do the, you know, like really basic hardcore, um, mm. anthem type thing. And I, and confused me too beyond yeah. belief that so many people say that to me i mean they don't say it in the way i'm saying it but that's the way they say it to me you know like that's the interpretation that i get out of it <sighs> and i'm always confused by that and they're like sometimes i'll be like oh, people say that you have some metal influence but i don't even hear that and when i and also a lot of people say oh you know you guys were like the something of hardcore some kind of pioneers of hardcore but I never felt that because when our first album came out, Those for Tomorrow, there were people who made zines. And this this could have been, if I did it, I, I wish I did it, but I didn't. <laughs> people would go to Kinko's and make their own zines just to say not to buy the record because it was ruining hardcore and it had solos oh, and it had weird <laughs> lyrics that we don't understand. And they would like go on these like manifesto diatribes about why people shouldn't listen to that album. And I mean, that I wish I had control over that other than being on the album that offended them so deeply that they had to go to that extra mile to do that. I mean, that's just like, that would be brilliant marketing on my behalf if I did it, but sadly <laughs> I didn't do it. An extension, a bl blood book. I wish I could take credit for extension, it. Right. Um, <laughs> like once. So, so I thought you said something really interesting. Um, well, thanks. Once, you're welcome. Once you one thing, yeah. A few. What once you started getting that kind of you know the circuit back and hearing these things about yourself, good, bad, indifferent. Was that a weird? Usually bad. Yeah. Was that a weird experience to feel it and go, huh? Like, and and, and did you feel any sort of desire or impulse to to push back on those things or just like, what can I do? Well, there isn't really a, a, a forum to dispel rumors uh, at that time. At least there wasn't. And I also just didn't really care what people yeah. thought about me. I was just doing what I wanted to. And I was calloused by that point by so many people being unhappy with my music and unhappy with my lyrics and unhappy with the artwork and all of that, all of that stuff they were they were angry about uh, because it wasn't conforming. It was the weird, the thing that was a few things were very confusing to me. Uh, one of which uh, I thought that this kind of music was for non-conformists, but then it turned into that you had to follow the rules and you had to conform to everything. I also thought that when you made a record or made a song that you were supposed to take elements and inspiration from things that you liked or things that you felt would work with the songs and incorporate that into the creation of the song that you're working on whether it be lyrics whether it be the music whether it be even inspiration from outside sources that are unrelated to, to sonic uh, creativity and then i was told well, that's absolutely not okay how dare he fucking do that? <laughs> what the fuck? And people would get like really, really offended by that. And it was weird because in my mind, 
I didn't want to just make the same something somebody else's songs over and over and over again. I wanted to make something I wanted to hear, but put in a little bit of this and a little bit of that from some things that I like too, you know? So I thought that that was the way you were supposed to create songs, but uh, I guess I was wrong or maybe not. I don't know. Cause I've, no, I, I've been I, able I, to do it for I a think, long time. I think you've provably, yeah, you ended up being right, right on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, for sure. Um, That's what they call proof of concept on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's a weird, that's a weird way that other people were thinking about it. And it would yeah. seem like the majority were thinking of it that way. And also if you did anything that, that deterred from what the path that everybody else wanted to take, people would be really upset and like, even to the point of violence and it was really crazy to me and so um i think that maybe because i lived alone most of my early childhood and i just lived in my own imagination that i wasn't able to integrate so well with the other people and that's became to some people maybe hey that's refreshing and interesting and to other people Hey, that's that's uh, something that we don't like. That's something that's threatening the the system that we have safely built around us. And maybe people will start to, you know, question, you know, what we're doing. Or I don't know. I, I don't really know an answer to this. this is, I never really thought about it. But uh, yeah, and also probably because I have a weird nickname, it's easy to you know to pen pen a weird rumor on to me also sometimes like it's see i've I've noticed in my life like if i go out when i was younger if i would go out with friends if another person would do something it would always be i did it to the other you know to the to the (laughs) rumor mills he did it because i was present or even in the in in the area code (laughs) so uh you know that that would often happen yeah (laughs) Um, <laughs> so, so, okay. Uh, expanding on that a little bit, uh, the, do you get, do you get any joy in deconstructing that persona at this point in your life? You know, like it, it's, uh, uh, as we get older, there's some fun in, in, uh, turning away from the things that, uh, people know us from like it, it do you get, like in the same respect that you moved away from Cleveland because uh, you just didn't want to be treated any differently and you kind of wanted to be anonymous is the, you know, uh, Dwid is a, a, a animal sacrificing vampire. Uh, is, is that, is that, is that the rumor? St- I, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> That's a new one. We're, we're starting it right here. So oh, you guys started that one. Okay, <laughs> thanks. It, is that stuff that you are, uh, that you find joy in dispelling or do you still find yourself leaning in? Cause you know, there's, there's a shirt that uh, 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 I've only seen, you know, it's TikTok sort of shirt, but it's uh, whatever you heard about me, just believe that shit and keep moving. You know what I mean? Do you have that attitude or is there some joy in kind of uh, uh, telling the truth on these things and saying, listen, I wasn't the animal sacrifice. That was Melnick or, you know, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. We definitely didn't animal sacrifice. You're just giving a hypothetical and you're making things yeah. difficult for our yeah. man here. Um, no, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, that's something that's everybody has their own kind of ideas. And sometimes they're, 
ideas that are uh, based in some truth and sometimes they're based in truth and sometimes they're absolute fabric fabrications. Um, I don't have a joy or, or anything to any of it. I, I guess I find it a bit annoying, all of it. And uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a weird thing. I, I don't know. I don't really know how to answer. I never thought about it before. Maybe if I, if I sat with it and thought about it a little bit, I might have a, no, do, I, I will not. say that I'm frustrated when people, uh, misunderstand the band and think like the band is the wrong. Yeah. I, I hate, I hate the classification of music anyways. I think that that's lazy journalism. No offense mm -hmm. to, to you guys as journalists, but no, you know, oh, please come on. <laughs> but I think that, you know, when you're like, Hey, this music is that it's never just that a few times it might be, but generally, you know, people put their own hearts and their own souls from all kinds of inspiration and, just to call something one thing seems to be uh, limiting, you know, constricting to me. So I always tried my almost always tried uh, to explain to people that it, that wasn't the case. And I've never been able to convince anybody uh, otherwise <laughs> from that argument. You, you know, even just from this conversation, it's uh, it's really clear, and maybe this is something you you know. Here, let me finish it for you. Don't. It's really clear that I'm a difficult bastard, and now you know why everybody hates me. And that's it makes Patrick sense. asked. So those answer ones, my right? question. No, no, but I was going to say that you're, Sorry to you're someone who's truly no, it's, it's good. You're truly passionate about music. You love yeah. music, and and it's something there. Does it bring you any? Uh, we're, we keep talking about bringing you joy. Apparently, we're really invested in you feeling happy and joyful. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But but um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Gizm earlier. I yes. think that integrity is largely responsible for exposing a lot of kids in the United States to Japanese hardcore, and that's just one aspect. And I think that. It's fun. I, I don't know. I guess maybe it's the humanities. The devil thanks list has like a list of bands, does the list of bands and inspirations kind of deal. I'm not sure if that's the right one, but I think it is. Mm -hmm. um, and is that something you ever, you know, do you, do you think, man, I'm glad that happened. That's cool. That that's like a fun kind of runoff benefit of people consuming my art is that I'm exposing them to other stuff that I love. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If that's true, that's yeah, that's that's great, and and I'm fine with it. I don't know if I'm necessarily uh, responsible for that, but um, I I hope that I've uh, helped people discover bands like Gizem. That would be cool. Um, you know, I, I love Gizem since I was a kid, and they were a source of great inspiration for me. So for other people to be able to enjoy it, that's that's fantastic. Dwight, I am. Uh, really fascinated by an aspect of your personality that I've just picked up in this short time together, which is you, it, this might be the cornfield thing here, but 
you are <laughs> children of the you, corn. <laughs> it might, you are really shockingly not invested in other people's view of you. And, and I am really like, I, I didn't expect you to be up on every fucking thing on the internet, but it really speaks to your pre-internet sort of existence and also like maybe a childhood of, of being by yourself. But the way that you respond to our questions of being like, Oh, that would be interesting. I hadn't thought about how that person would perceive me or I hadn't thought about that. That's like, that is a world of difference from a lot of people that we talk to who are very cognizant of how every person on the internet perceives them or thinks of them. And when I talk to particularly young bands, they are living in other people's view of them. You know what I mean? Like they are kind of like, cannot separate it from what they're doing, but this is, this conversation is proven fascinating because you really either you do not give a shit or you have insulated yourself from it enough that it's just not part of your purview, which is just a fascinating observation I'm having. I don't um, I, I just don't have much use for other people's opinion on, on me because I, I went into this kind of music knowing that. I wasn't going to win uh, a Grammy. I wasn't going to be in the top 40. I wasn't going to, you know, any of that type of thing. So when people would say, Hey, this sucks. I would say, yeah, I'm sure you think it sucks. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Cause I like it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I expect people to think that it's not their taste because it's not, I mean, there's like, not even one percent of the world's population likes this kind of music. I'm sure. So, I don't. I don't know what the percentages are, but I'm sure it's very, very minuscule. <laughs> that that you know, of all the people on the planet. So I was prepared going into this to know that it wasn't going to be a people pleasing thing, and I wasn't doing it to please people. I was doing it to please myself and to make something that I would like to listen to. And if other people also liked it, that's great. And if they didn't like it that's great too maybe even better that they were mad about it i don't know <laughs> so but, uh, i was gonna ask uh, because of that that kind of comment um when you think about the integrity catalog the records you've done are there any that come to mind as a personal favorite that didn't connect with people the way you not the way you'd think because I, you know, but are there any personal favorites that, that seem like no one, you don't hear others bring up to you? Of the albums? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't kind of, I, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, no, no offense to your question. I don't mean, I don't no, care. About no, 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 just, no. It's totally fine. I don't care what people think about the records in that regard. Because let's, like let's throw it out before, there. Some people will like it. Some people won't like it. But even when people are like, hey, I love the record. Cool. But I'm not really like getting like light on my feet because sure. you're saying that. I mean, that's great. And I appreciate it. But it's not like that's not why I made the records. And a lot of the records are made because of like self exorcisms and things like this, you know, trying to make myself feel also, you know, better to get through things, emotional things and, um, and to make music that I want to hear, hear things sonically that I haven't experienced either, uh, alone or together in a song structure and things like that. I, I like that. And I, uh, yeah, I also have this project called Psy Warfare, which is like 
people are mm-hmm. a lot of times people have said, Oh, I hate this. It sounds like noise. Yeah. When I was a kid, my grandma, it is noise and that's what it's supposed to be. And you're probably supposed to hate it too, but I like it. I don't care. When I was a kid and my grandparents or my parents would hear like a misfits or a black flag record, they would be like, ah, this sounds like, you know, just crazy static to them and, and screaming and all kinds of madness. And I always wanted to make that kind of music, you know, what my, what they interpreted those bands sounding like, but you know, it's a much more extreme interpretation through their own imagination, through their, their filters and their ears and their minds. And they, they were interpreting it as like, this is going to destroy the youth of the world and everybody's going to be on fire. And that's what I was hoping to try to achieve. So I never really got lucky enough to do that. But um, so, so, so let me reframe my question, if you don't mind, because yeah, uh, I probably meandered there, but it, is no, no, late. No, it, was, it was good. And you've been kind. <laughs> No, but it, it's. I'm, I'm right. just joking with you. Please don't take me seriously. No, of course, of course. I would say then when you think about it, because I, I I agree. I think there's a funny, and this is not meant to sound dismissive or or the the people I know who've made the best music quite often enjoy the music they've made, and they might be able to connect with it, or it might resonate in different ways. And some people might think it's masturbatory to listen to your own music, but I'd say if you're making music you don't like to listen to, you're, you're probably not making good music. Yeah. Why would you fucking make music that you don't want to listen to? You That's also saying. something that people have tried to like guilt me for uh, for for all of my life. Is like, how dare you like the music that you're making? Well, right. Should I make music that I hate? Why the fuck would I do that? Why would I waste all my time to make music that I don't want to hear? I'm making it so I want to hear it, you know. That doesn't make any sense, you know. And it's just totally that's that's crazy to me. But uh, maybe I'm seeing everything backwards. I don't I don't know. It's it's probably the fact that I I am seeing things the the wrong way and and I don't know. I think the other way is like false humility. I think like you need to be in your favorite band. Like, you yeah. should be if you're not. No doubt. No doubt. Your time and everyone's time. Right. People that say like they don't listen to their own stuff. Patrick ex- excluded because Patrick's a weirdo. But I think most people go home and listen to their own shit and be like, "This is great. I, I we made this." Like I think that they're lying if they say otherwise. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't do a lot of patting myself on the no, back. No, no, no. But, but but I do enjoy, enjoy it. it you know? right. So it's yeah. I guess there's a there's a balance to it. You know, but. Uh, well, that actually is, that's my next question is uh, I was having a hard time based on how you're talking about your music. I couldn't determine for myself if you look at each project, each, each uh, album as a thing that you did because it was meaningful to you at that time. And now you leave it in the past or you don't examine it. You don't look at it with a critical eye or if you, in fact, revisit old work and say this stands up i like this or i hate this i would have done this differently uh both are valid uh both are valid ways to conduct yourself with music i tend to look at everything as just something i did and now it's on to the next thing but are you uh are when you as you said you you exercise these things from you and then it's it's is it then you move on to the next the next exorcism or is it uh yeah you can look at your own catalog and have strong and definite opinions about each piece of work 
Well, that's a, a complex question. Um, one part of it I could answer by saying I was lucky enough during the COVID um, quarantine to be able to get the rights back to my early albums uh, oh, when Victory wow. sold the the the, um, the label to to uh, uh, Concord, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So I got all the rights back to my albums, and I could have just put them out as is, but I also had the master reels. So I thought, well, I'm gonna fix them up a bit, you know, because I can. So I tinkered around with Arthur Risk, and we made some adjustments to some things that I thought were quiet. And that I, I knew that there were some extra solos here and there that never made it to the cut. And we also worked on a really um, limited budget at the time uh, on all those records. So we would run out of money and um, we'd have to just, yeah, it's done. Right, and we, right here. <laughs> we could have, we could have uh, worked on it a little longer and could have come up with something that we would have been more, more proud of, but you know, that's how it worked out. But I was afforded the luxury of being able to go inside those old recordings and find the things that, that were, were lost and uh, maybe forgotten and also raise some levels and different things like that. And um, so that was a rewarding thing. And I, I guess that might be answering what you were saying about looking at the old uh, songs and, and uh, saying, hey, could I have done this better? Uh, in, in this like there's an album that i did called seasons in the size of days mm. and that was uh an album where we ran out of money uh quicker than we thought before we were getting to the mix and so the engineer at the studio said hey you know all your other records i gave you guys a lot of free hours because i felt bad for you guys but at this point you know i know that the label is making money off you and they're not sharing it with you and that sucks, but I can't just keep, you know, uh, giving you giving free you labor free hours. So we're going to have to wrap it up. And so the record came out very dull and the new version that's coming out uh, next year has a lot of things that were muddy, I guess would be the way to say it. The, the mix was muddy. So there was a lot of things that were blurry that you couldn't, you couldn't hear them. And we were able to bring those out. And uh, after, and I'll, I'll reference Aaron Melnick again. And when Aaron Melnick heard the, the new uh, mix of that album, he said, wow, that, his, his favorite album that he and I did together was always Those Fear Tomorrow. But when he heard that, uh, that mix, he said, this is my favorite now. And a lot of people, I, I, I think, will maybe find it uh, enjoyable to hear I mean, it's sort of like, you know, taking a VHS tape and then putting it now as a 4K uh, DVD or sure. if, if a DVD is a thing now in 2020. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm, you know, you, you opened the door here on the victory stuff. Was that relationship <laughs> ever positive? Did it ever feel good? Was it always weird? Was it always tense? Like, with the with the benefit of hindsight what was that relationship there would be a few times where there would be friendly interactions things like that but when it came to business things it, it was always uh, very difficult uh, to get the things uh, to get things accomplished um, so but at the same time maybe uh, 
for the same reason that I moved away from Cleveland. Maybe I'm a person that needs uh, adversity in order to find the energy and the fuel to, to go forward. And maybe that somehow fueled me to keep going forward with it. I don't know. Or right. maybe if I would have had a more supportive record company, I could have done more. Uh, right. And I mean more creatively. I don't mean success or whatever. Right. But yeah, I mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. More uh, creatively with the records. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, 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 it's just, it's hard when you hear that the like the running out of a budget because uh, as all three of us were present in the 90s, to, to it wasn't like people didn't care about integrity. And when you were putting out a new record, people cared or people were interested at the very bare minimum, curious to hear what this was. And to hear that that was something where you were saying, hey, not just on one record, but these records, we were coming up against the wall of a budget. And, you know, that's that's just a bummer to hear. Yeah. I think that our budget was a thousand bucks a record. No, and to be able stop, to do that stop. in the 90s was near impossible. <laughs> yes. yes. So I don't I think nowadays because you can do it in your computers and things, maybe it's really low. But back then. The only people that were recording were like, you know, when I first started, the people who were recording were like glam bands, you know, like yeah. cock rock bands. Sure. And like they would have to pay a lot or a lot of R&B artists in, in Cleveland. That was a popular uh, style of music at the time. And, <clears throat> you know, they were accustomed, the studios were accustomed to getting these huge paychecks. So the only reason that we were able to record at all was we were friends with some cover band cock rock bands who would just basically like go they would they would play live and they would do like Poison and Bon Jovi and uh, Motley Crue and whatever covers and yeah. maybe they'd have one or two originals and then they would save up the money from their merch and then go to a recording studio, record the covers and make a cassette. There'll be all the covers and maybe one original and then sell it to their fans who were like teenage girls and stuff. And these guys were like, maybe you could get in with those guys, especially because you have a record deal. Maybe they will let you record because we tried to go to other studios and they were like, fuck, no, we won't record this shit. Who would, <laughs> who would want to make music like this? You know? And eventually this guy was like, yeah, I've never made a real record. So, let's do it you know amazing and that was uh that was a that was a nice gesture of him because at the time it was definitely not uh accommodating for this type of music I'm studios a, were not accommodating for sure. this type of music in that time I, period i'm excited about it. i did not know about the plans for the uh, uh seasons uh, uh i guess remaster, like remaster mix yeah. rather uh, yeah. i was not aware of that uh, i'm that guy that thought that that record i share your opinion of that record which i'm glad you said so i don't have to feel weird about it, it it's that's a good record that's buried and it yeah, would be it's muddy yeah so so i'm excited to hear it as maybe you it was intended to be uh that'll be that'll probably knock it up a, a few notches on my integrity, <laughs> my integrity so. uh, ranking here um so do you, so you want to, I mean, do you want to talk about um, the systems reissue and getting Igor on one record and Brandon Gallagher on the other? Do, do you want to talk no, about that's, that? No, that's, that cool? that's a misconception. Oh. Um, uh, Igor and Brandon are on Those Three Tomorrow, but oh, Those Three Tomorrow right. and Systems came out together. And so people thought, oh, they're uh, the, the drummer on 
uh, systems was was um, changed, but that's not true. It's only on for the. Mark, oh, okay. Yeah, Mark Kanupka played drums on systems, and and his drums are still on on the record. Sure. Okay. Mostly. But Brandon and Igor played on those for tomorrow. So. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of people great. have that. a lot of people have asked that same thing. And sure. I can see where they got that. Got uh, it. Pat, you um, had a question, sorry. Uh, no, I don't know which direction I want to go. Dwight, is there anything that is there any other misconceptions you you, you want to address while while you have the floor? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot, but uh, <laughs> none of them come to mind. But uh, you know, oh, you I'm know, welcome. I'm happy to address whatever you want to throw at. Me. We'll see. What well, we well I, I'm actually. Uh, you talk a lot about a subject that uh, is not nearly you appropriately said that it was an issue in the past and it's not nearly as much an issue for for young people that we talk to but uh being interested in uh different types of music being a wide range of music um do you feel now integrity has been reiterated many times and you've been able to make it basically anything that you want in that the period that you're doing it which is an amazing kind of lifelong project and and makes it as fascinating as it is but is there any type of music that you um feel too limited as an artist to approach like do you want to do r&b and you and you and you're like i i can't fucking do it is there anything because i'll be honest as a, as a performer uh there's a whole lot of things that I'm unable to touch and the older that I get and the more like the broader, uh, broader tastes that I have, the more frustrating it is that I can't approach those. Now you've tried a lot of things. Is there anything that you will not try because you just know it's not, you cannot fucking do it. Yeah. I'm sure that there's a lot of styles that I, there's no way that I could do it justice. Um, but when you said R and B, we have, um, on the on the album Howling for the Nightmare Shall Consume, there's a yeah. song called String Up My Teeth, and there is a, a like a, a gospel backup vocal in there, so it's a bit R and B. I don't know if you heard that song. But, uh, I yeah. well, Dwight, I like the fact that you just said on on uh, <laughs> on string string up my teeth there what that there is this uh, R and B influence. <laughs> yeah, that's really. Those two, th those are not <laughs> sentences that typically go together. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not a normal quotable uh, meme of a phrase, is it? So, well, go on. I was going to ask, uh, just on a different tip, uh, you do a lot of visual art. You do um, different design as well as illustration. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Have you? explore doing more of that have you considered doing more of that do you have aspirations to do more of that beyond what you've done because i know you've done quite a bit in the music space with it but have you ventured outside of that uh what do you mean outside of so you do i mean i'm familiar and you know if you have more i would feel really bad but i know you've done lots of album art i know you've done lots of design t-shirt designs and, and art for bands but have you ever oh, considered yeah. doing uh work outside of that you know whether it's illustrations for your own you know fantasy i mean whatever it is have you ever yeah of course i i draw all the time and um 
I've done paintings and things like that. Uh, most of that, I, are you saying, do I, do I aspire to have a gallery show or something or is that, <laughs> or, or whatever, whatever your picture of that is like, you know, no, I, think, I never I thought about anything like that. I've been in, I've been in some gallery shows throughout the years, but never something that was focused solely on me. I've contributed some smaller artwork yeah. to different kinds of collective exhibitions yeah. but nothing that was just solely mine um usually it <clears throat> i don't know i think oftentimes it's something that has a charity theme to it not that that was really the motivation or anything which just turned out that way in the past where is that intersection for you like uh because you obviously are do the music and then the the visual art stuff do those things are those just two different types of expression of similar ideas or do you get a really different kind of uh do you get something different from those two means of expression no not really i think of them in the same way but with a different tool yeah and sometimes i think of the way that i do music i've been told by friends that i look at it very wrong uh, which is, I'm okay with that, but right, you know, um, I asked like this question, initially. Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry. No, I was going to say I asked this question because um, a band we occasionally reference here is Amoebics, and uh, they're they're an odd band because their visuals and their sound um, become almost this meta relationship to me, and I, I really, I also get that from Integrity, um, where it seems like some of the visuals if not correspond, but there seems to be similar themes and feelings. And, and, and to me, one of my favorite things is when you can describe a sound with visual imagery. Um, and that's something I, I think is interesting, but a lot of people just don't make that connection. And, and I, I feel it when I see your music as well as when I see the art with, with the albums. I think that's kind of a, a cool thing that you've been able to do. And I don't know if that's by intent or just how it comes out. Well, I mean, I guess in a way it's like synesthesia by putting the visuals where the sound is and the sound where the visuals are, that kind of thing. But at the same time, it's all coming from the same source. It's all coming from the same well of inspiration because I'm trying to visually describe what the album is about without describing it too much. I mean, there also has to be some element of air in it you know i some of my favorite foods like you know when bread has a lot of air in it it has a different taste than like a solid piece of bread and that air can can lend itself to your taste buds and with music and, and art if there's a little bit of room for you to interact with yourself sure. then you're able to put your put whatever it is that you're bringing to to the table put that into the into the experience and when you do that you own it a little bit too and you also can experience it and in my in my opinion in a, in a more elevated way and in a more spiritual way so that it becomes more of a i guess more gospel or, or more you know something something personal for you or for yeah. whoever, sure. you know, yeah. if, if they want to do that, of course, not everybody wants to do that. But um, 
but there's the possibility for that. And, and I always try to leave enough of that air in the songs and in the artwork, I hope, that it allows um, myself, because I also like to surprise myself with what, I, what I'm doing, because if I just go into it knowing too well, like there was a story about Alfred Hitchcock uh, doing, making his films, and he would always storyboard his films meticulously to the point that when he actually went to shoot the film, he was a bit bored because he knew everything that was going to happen and everybody followed what he was saying and he did it, they just did it all perfectly. And that doesn't sound rewarding to me. I like a little bit of chance in it too. And I like a little bit of error and mistakes and yeah. ugliness, yeah. you know, yes. and, risk, and risk of failure. Yeah. I don't know about failure, but it just like the, just the chaos. chance yeah. Of, of, yeah. yeah. Chaos. Or like, you know, like Andy Warhol is mainly known for doing his screen printed paintings. And at some point, someone, some journalist asked him like, oh, how can you consider this to be fine art? Because you're screen printing and screen printing is akin to like a factory just printing, you know, T-shirts or printing posters. And, and, you know, you're just basically just running a machine and that's not art. And he says, yeah, but I'm not very good at screen printing. The mistakes, <laughs> that's the art. That's a good answer. Perfect. So uh, I see a little bit of that in, in what I do too, in the mistakes being, uh, you know, the ugliness becoming the beauty and, and, the, and the flaws becoming uh, something that's endearing. Now, now, Dwid, uh, I know that it's getting late where you're at and I don't want to occupy your whole night, but I want to get this question in before uh, whatever we break. Uh, are you, are you chilling? Is that what's up? Are you are you uh, at a stage? In, uh, hold, you, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All that preamble, all that preamble. To go I on. need to know are this before you, you go to bed. Chilling? Are you chilling? <laughs> no, here's, here's my question. Yes, I am uh, chilling. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you, everybody. Good night. Are you are you at a stage in in your creative life where art is simply a thing that you do, or are you? Uh, this might be the wrong framing. Are you hungry or do you have something to prove? Do you, do you like when, because the reason I ask is because when we're 23 year old men, the world is in opposition and it's everything is, is I have to prove myself. I have to uh, do this thing because people second guessed me and I'm going to show them that they're fucking dumb. And as you get older, your relationship with art tends to change and it tends to become just uh, an axiomatic uh, uh, assumption that you're going to be doing it, that it's the thing that just comes out of you and talking to you as a guy that seems like you are, it seems from this conversation that you're at a stage in your life where uh, it, you just assume that you're going to be making m more things and, and creating until you die. But there's not the type of uh, for lack of a better word, like suck a dick world so, so, sort of uh <laughs> Uh, confrontational thing is that how you see it, or am I putting? Uh, am I projecting to you right now, Dwight? There might be some projection there. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to make these things regardless. Like if I was unable to have a record label want to put out records for me, I just put out records myself, or I would put them on the internet because you can just do that sure. without any sure. effort. And I'm going to draw regardless, and I always drew, and I always will draw. And if people decide that they don't like this type of music anymore, then I'll just keep doing it myself. And I don't really 
I don't really care, yeah. but it's, but it's more comfortable that I can do it and that people, some people do enjoy it enough that I can keep doing it. And that's a great, uh, great Liberty that I can enjoy, but it's not, uh, the driving factor of it at all. If that's what you're, if that's what you meant. I'd enjoy doing, uh, I've always enjoyed doing, uh, what I'm doing. And now I've gotten to a point where I can do it a little easier than I could when I was younger because I've done it enough, but I always try to challenge myself or think of weird things to do or the wrong ways that I'm going to execute some idea that I had. And it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of strange. Like, uh, earlier today I was talking to my friend and we were discussing like how I, uh, come up with some of the ideas for, for what I do in Psy warfare. And I write, those ideas down in like longhand and i write them down in what my friend said like an electrician might do or something and it's it's more like okay if i do this and connect this to that and this sort of like weird chain of connecting pedals and and other weird instruments then i might get that result and i usually do that in my mind first and then i do it on paper and then i try it uh, usually what happens is I wake up with it in my mind. So then I write it down on paper so I don't forget it. And then I try it the next day and see if it, if it comes close to what I thought it might do. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes it has a, a different surprising result. It depends. I don't know. Maybe I'm meandering. and I don't know if I'm answering. Your no, no, no. It's, it, it, it's, it's a good answer. And uh, I have another question that, uh, you can redirect if there's any. Is it about of... chilling again? <laughs> no, no, no it, it, it's uh, it, it's actually uh, so y- you've worked collaboratively uh, in, in integrity, um, and you've seen a lot of talented musicians uh, uh, enter that world and and exit. And I guess I was curious how you view uh, your collaborators in integrity, your co-creators. Um, is it is it the type of thing where, uh, you know, certain band leaders will will dissolve their band every couple records because they want a fresh take on the thing that it that they do, uh, or do you see it more as a collective thing where people just come and go as they need to in their life and it and it's no hard feelings? Uh, I guess I'm asking, what is your relationship with? the other members of integrity then and now in terms of, you don't have to give me specifics on any individual. What I'm saying is how do you view them? Is it thank you for your service or is it, I have, I, I have, I have people in this band that I see as true geniuses and others that I see as like a, a kind of journeyman. Uh, how do you view your own band? I guess is the question I have for you. Yeah, there are some some people who have uh, positions that have that that differ from others. Um, some people are able to play play songs, but not write songs. Mm. And some people are able to play and write songs. And um, it's a difficult. Uh, yeah, that's, that's something that's. I don't know if that's something that's uh, spoken. Um, but some people just can't write 
Um, and some people can write great and, uh, and then they get bored or they get, yeah, they find a different, uh, muse that they want to go off. Or in some cases they just get tired of doing the same thing and they want to move into a different direction or we don't get along anymore or we don't see eye to eye anymore. There's not one answer to any of it. Um, it's, that's, that's a very, probably a very long uh, yes. question to answer, especially because uh, integrity has been around for 34 years and there's been a lot of people who've played in the band. But what I, I, I could say is that majority of the people that I was lucky enough to play, to play and record with over the years have been very talented in, in their own ways. You know, they're not all talented all in the same way. Some of them have strengths in different ways, and those strengths uh, are, are what, what makes them stand out. Um, some people are great at uh, at different things, so it's it's not something that I can just blanketly say about uh, a group of people. In fairness, you know, yeah, of course, but uh, so- but I feel that I've been lucky that I've been able to work with a lot of very talented and, and wonderful people. And for the most part, I wish almost all of them the best. You know, there's a few people that I don't I don't get along with anymore, but that's you know, in 34 years, uh, of course, oh, you're wow. gonna have a couple of, couple people ratio. that you're not yeah. gonna that you're not yeah. gonna have have want to continue a friendship or continue 30, any form of relationship with. Sure. 34 years on the highway of life, there's some potholes. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, life, I'm sure life. that there's some people that you've met in. in in 34 years where you're like, yeah, that guy. And I don't uh, see, yeah. I don't anymore. <laughs> so uh, we, we don't want to kill you because you've been up and we're extremely grateful for you yeah, spending you. some time with us, but oh, it's no problem. I hope I'm, am I yawning? Or... No, 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 no. We don't want to keep, this is us like yeah. pulse checking, but I was uh, going to ask you because you know, you can we, ask more questions if you want, or this is your subtle way of booting. No, no, oh no, we have a ton of questions. We'll be very obvious when it's time to be obvious. No, um, you went to a you went to a concert tonight. You're you're somebody who truly loves music. Yeah. How much of a role does performance play to you in your conception of the band? Like, do you think that it's necessary for you to play live shows, or is it something that you're like, I'd be fulfilled if I was doing it? I'm fulfilled doing it, but if we didn't do it, I'd continue to make this music. I, I like to play live shows. I like to interact with the people. Um, and now that doesn't mean that I want all the people to be uh, praising me or something like that, but I like to interact with the people because I have this, this, the way I see it is it's kind of like a, um, like a revival i grew up with like pentecostal uh parents and so i kind of see what i'm doing as a bit of religious experience it is for me personally a religious experience but i kind of feel that i'm giving sharing that with with the audience as well whether or not they interpret it that way i don't know but uh i kind of see it that way and um when i'm performing uh, and it's getting very ramped up and energetic then it it can you can lose your 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 soul starts to slip out of the flesh a little bit and you feel this special feeling that's 
really hard to describe. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, like to me, like what music is about is, uh, there's, there's these old uh, Alan Lomax recordings of guys. Uh, if you know Alan Lomax from the Library of Congress, he he went around uh, America recording musicians, you know, random musicians that he might find in a small town because he convinced the Library of Congress to give him a budget to go around and record music because they wanted to make a library of music that in a hundred years people could listen to that and experience these people who are long dead creating music. And one of the sources of his, his recordings was in uh, the American South prisons. And you can imagine how miserable that those conditions were for these people. And they would be on the chain gang chopping uh, wood or, or breaking rocks. They would make a, uh, a rhythm with the chains around their ankles so that all these guys would move in unison and it would create this kind of chain sounding and then they would be smashing the rock and it would have this other sound and they'd have this rhythm and all the while singing and they were doing that not just to pass time but to get out of their prison out of their flesh prison and they would be able to be more than what the flesh is holding inside, you know? And that's always what I've tried to do with, with this in a live performances. I, I try to get to those places. Sometimes it doesn't, uh, doesn't always uh, work, uh, but it's always the, 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 the ghost that I'm chasing. So that that's a real, uh, to say a religious way to, to think about a thing I, I hear that with the chains there's usually a moment and you know uh we we get we're kind of we get pretty airy in this podcast but where was a moment for you performing live especially young where you're like this is it this is like this is what i want to be doing you know full stop i want to be doing this for as long as it is that i can do this do you have a moment like that do you remember, you know, maybe it's a show, maybe it's a moment in recording, but, but I often think about that. There are these kind of mystical moments where you're like, wow, there's nowhere else on the planet that I'd rather be than right here. And, and, you know, an early thought of that. I always thought, I always felt that way with performing music, but I never thought about the future and I never thought, oh, I will be doing this for x amount of years sure, and sure. Yeah, that yeah. age right, right. i never imagined that i would i don't know i never thought i wouldn't be 51 but i also never thought that i would be 51 right. i never thought yeah. about it really until just now i don't even think about <laughs> it now but um that's not something that comes into play with this it's just this is just something that i do and i don't really uh all of the extra things that come along with it aren't really the 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 crucial parts of sure. what make it happen but there are times like i have a song uh integrity has a song called jagged visions of my true destiny mm -hmm. and sometimes when i play that song i'm not uh, i'm not on the earthly plane anymore it's like mm -hmm. a, it's a very religious vessel for me 
And I can, and I think that other people can sometimes connect with that as well. And uh, other songs too, but that song just, there's something to it that just has this magic uh, chemistry to it for me. And I, I could play that song uh, and I have played that song. For, I don't know how many times. Uh, yeah. In fact, that song was part of our live set for maybe six or seven years before we even recorded it. So it's, it's a song that predates a lot of the other songs and it just always, we kept going back to it and it just, it's a special song for me. And, uh, I, I think it just has this, this special ability to take, at least take me out of, out of my, out of myself and, and and free myself for those minutes that the song goes and uh it's a wonderful feeling that is exactly the type of shit i love to hear from a musician <laughs> thank you for that content i i really <laughs> it's my pleasure really i mean that's how that's how i feel about it and you, you have to feel about feel that type of thing with your songs you have to connect with them on a on a, on a spiritual level on a mm-hmm. You know, on a, on a, and it's supposed to be like your offspring. It's, it's part of you that you've torn out of your chest and you've offered it to the world and to yourself. And, you know, okay. it can really now, uh, take you places. Now, Dwid, I know that you are not into the uh, uh, categorization of music, as you said, uh, <laughs> but you've been closely. Integrity is one of those bands that uh, uh, can play almost any show, right? Uh, despite the fact that you have a very extreme sound, you still end up in a lot of places. Uh, among those places is still just straight up hardcore shows. And my question to you as a guy who, uh, no matter what avenues you've pursued, are still closely associated with hardcore music, uh, what you just said about searching for the parts of music that that are transcendent and send you places do you are you critical of hardcore at all in the respect that maybe there's a there's a volume of artists that are not pursuing that type of moment that are not exploring the same type of things or i'm going to give you an out just in case you don't want to get in trouble today or do you (laughs) or do you see it as part of a process and that people who often start playing pedestrian music that maybe they don't emotionally connect with fully eventually arrive there. I don't know if I, I don't really think about it in either of those ways. I guess my, uh, my gripe, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but my, um, uh, my conflict with being labeled solely as hardcore, I guess ultimately comes down to the fact that, like I said earlier, like people went out of their way to make zines to say, don't listen to this record. It's not hardcore. It's going to ruin hardcore. And this kind of, uh, you know, PMRC boycotting of us because we had uh thing none of Solos? you are know what that means PMRC, yeah, i was but, i was going to say yeah. we all get I the like reference. the reference i don't know i don't know if some <laughs> of our listeners will but go go on oh this kind of you know like like witch hunting us for for having a different taste in music 
that soured me a lot on it. And, you know, and also, uh, yeah, I guess in a way, like some simple things I don't find to have as much merit. But at the same time, I think uh, I saw Project X play, I think, six times. And it was always energetic. But I don't know if I would say it was like transcending or spiritual, but it was somebody expressing their frustration and their anger at the time. And you could experience that with, uh, with Purcell, but, um, you know, the lyrics were, weren't trying to go that direction. And I don't think that the project was supposed to be something to, to transcend him, his, his, his earthly plane in any manner, but it was more of a, out of frustration and, and maybe just like, you know, hitting a punching bag for him, but, but yeah. with his words and his music. So I can, I can respect that. And I, and I, and I really enjoyed uh, seeing those concerts. I can enjoy, you know, like with movies, I can enjoy a lot of different kinds of movies. I'm not only watching horror movies and I'm not only watching, you know, classic monster movies and, and weird art movies and things. I, I watch a lot of different kinds of movies I eat a lot of different kinds of food, not just one meal, the same meal every fucking day. And I think that when people just limit themselves to only listening to one kind of music, and it's the only, really the only recreational entertainment form where people try to only enjoy one thing. Like with movies, you never have people like, I'm only going to watch only the Marvel movies or only fucking Julia Roberts rom-coms or only whatever it would be. (laughs) You you saying that out loud, saying that out loud, I think belies the absurdity of it, right? Like, like, weird. (laughs) Because, you know, you're eating different things every day you could be a vegetarian and still eat different meals every day you know i'm sure there's somebody out there who's going to argue that point or something but ultimately you know you're enjoying a different thing you're not eating the same meal every day every meal for the rest of your life because that would be fucking boring and you you need to spice up your life with different things and music is the only only entertainment thing where it's not not only just yeah it's expected that you you would only like the one thing i think that that's a very limiting for people yeah, and i don't want to do it for myself mm-hmm. but so people like people will be mad like how come you don't only listen to hardcore well i i listen to some hardcore but i don't like all hardcore i also don't like all japanese bands like people have this idea that i like all japanese bands that's not true i, I like what i like and that's it you know it's yeah. the geography doesn't have anything to do with it uh a combination of you know following a certain kind of blueprint of musical construction doesn't really have anything to do with it either you know like i like noise music but i don't like all noise music and i like metal music but i don't like all metal music and i like movies i like a lot of different kinds of movies i don't only like one kind of movie I don't only like one meal I like a lot of different things and I would hope that everybody else does too. But it, sometimes it seems that, 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 uh, what I'm saying is very alien. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's not, it's, it is, um, it's something that, uh, it's both familiar and the concept being that we all know people who musically are, 
having the same cheeseburger every night for dinner. And, uh, yeah. you know, unfor- that's unfortunate. I think, I think the person who is, uh, is full on on the, uh, who's that old cartoon character who only ate hamburgers? Uh, wimpy. Oh, wimpy. Wimpy. Yeah. The person who's on the, <laughs> The musical equivalent of the wimpy diet is not somebody that I think any of us aspire to. That said, and and maybe this is a good point for us to start tying it off. Um, you have a large catalog of music, and what we've been most shocked by in doing the podcast overall is how often people tell us they've been exposed to this or that and they hadn't heard. And that's, we always, you know, it's, it's a gratifying thing to, to hear people are discovering things. So there is likely someone listening to this podcast and, and they've never heard your music despite their hearing you talk, which is kind of cool. What are a couple reference points of entry for someone who's never heard your music? And I, I'm, in the spirit of the conversation we just had, I'm not asking you, hey, give me the one record that kids should listen to for integrity. No, no, no. Give me a couple different points, whatever it is you'd say. But for somebody who has never heard your music, where do they jump in the pool? Well, I guess the easiest answer would be humanity is the devil, because that seems to be one that people seem to like i guess at least when i play shows people often say these are my favorite songs and it has a diversity to it that has metal it has uh almost meatloaf qualities on some songs and you know all kinds of different <laughs> things and, and the opening song has no lyrics at all it's just yeah. a primal scream right. so everybody regardless of their mother tongue can relate to that and it's just uh, and I think that that's, you know, that's a song of, of transcendence because you can just, anybody can, is everybody gets frustrated sometime. And that's a song that can really offer you release. All right, everybody, you know, the words, this one's called vocal test. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes they don't know it though, but yeah, yeah. I often <laughs> use that joke. That's true. That one's free. Um, Dwight, th- thank you very much for joining us today, man. It- it's uh, thanks for I- I'm not gonna, I- I'm not gonna say that I had really any preconceived notions of you, but you broke them all down, whatever they were. It- it's, <laughs> it- it's, uh, I'm sorry you know, about re- that. No, it's no, 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 no. It- listen, it is, uh, I think it's so nice not to get all heavy on you, but I, I think it's so nice, uh, when people are just, uh, uh, if not vulnerable, they're just open. And they're they're conversational in a way that uh, allows people to get to know them because as artists, a lot of times what we do is we we put it all in the music and we try to be uh, a, a little uh, guarded in what we say uh, or what we give people uh, beyond the music. And uh, it's nice to just have a, a conversation with a guy who a lot of people only know through their through his music. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, this is, I had a this great is time. Fun. This is fun. Um, yeah, so November 26th, Brooklyn, New York. So for someone who's done this for 34 years, what? And, and maybe this is my own like Brooklyn, New York coming out, but like, th- is, does this feel different to be able to be like, I'm playing the, like after all this time to be able to play New York? Does it mean anything? Is it any different from playing Brussels or playing, you know, Tokyo? 
I don't know. I, I never played there before. So I guess it's like a reverse Sinatra thing for me. So I didn't have to make it there. I just <laughs> you made, made it everywhere right? bought. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, it's going to be an insane show. Yeah. Um, yeah. People are very excited. The tickets have been selling really well, I heard. And yeah, it's gonna be a all thousand. the bands are great. And it's going to be a, a fun time. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you guys play too. It's gonna be fun, yeah. And if um, if you need anybody to do hollow, I'll put in my my uh, application now. I got <laughs> yeah, the, you know, <laughs> I can't rip a Bible apart like um, Human Furnace or any of those stories. But <laughs> um, but yeah. is that the stories about him ripping a, bi- a Bible like by hand? That was like the big story. Oh, like, he's okay. not a big guy. That's pretty surprising. It's actually impressive. Um, but yeah, we really we're looking forward. Maybe to Maybe he it. has a future in wrestling. Don't they rip open the? <laughs> That's true. Uh, yellow pages or something, yeah. right? To show up you know so um yeah, yeah but i think it'll be great november 26th in brooklyn integrity warthog indecision uh all at war and end it from baltimore can't wait good show uh, uh thanks again to thank you thank you guys that was so much fun and thank you so much <laughs>